Hey everyone, welcome to. It's June already, right? June. Yep. The June fifth edition of It's an Eagle, It's a Jet, It's the Goddamn Jets podcast. I'm joined as always with Kyle and Kurt. How you guys doing today? Pretty good. Can't complain too much. Doing swell, David. Doing swell. That's good. NFL coaches going back to the facilities. It looks like they're going to be able to have a full OTAs and uh, training camp starting in July. So the the NFL season looks like it might not be affected at all by the coronavirus pandemic, which is always a good thing. It's a wonderful thing. Especially if your team, like the Jets, just put together a whole new offensive line. You can't really... For an offensive line, you can't really gel together over Zoom. So it's good that they'll all be on the field together. Uh, they're also going to have, in states like Texas and Florida, 50% of fan capacity, which is, which is good. We'll see if other states follow through with that. I guess we'll also see with, like, the, NFL, with the NHL and NBA what, what they're able to do. And if everything goes smoothly, I'm sure... Uh, the NFL season will be good. Uh, so we haven't gotten any news about like any sort of expanded rosters for the season, right? I don't for think... NFL. Yeah, we haven't gotten anything about that. That's interesting though, because baseball is obviously doing what thirty players, and then like a shuttle, like ten shuttle players that you could call up and down. Yeah. Maybe they'll it just. Might... Take... It might just be used as, like, a injury reserve type thing. Yeah, like, maybe, like, five to ten pl- extra players on your pl- practice squad that you could just keep around. That's a good yeah, point. Exactly. I didn't even think of that. Because if, like, two players in your secondary catch and have to sit out a couple weeks, what are you going to do? You're kind of screwed. Yeah, Exactly. I don't see much else in, like, news besides some things that people have said. Uh, Kyle Shanahan said that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo could be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I think it was in response to a question of did they ever consider dumping him for Tom Brady this offseason? So, obviously, he's going to back his guy, but I thought it was a pretty funny quote, especially from what we've seen his first three years. He he can't completely control whether he gets hurt or not, but it's definitely an important thing to talk about, in my opinion. I mean, if he if the 49ers go on like a dynastic run, obviously he's going to be put up there. But like Kurt, you don't think Jimmy Garoppolo should take credit for their success last year, right? Do you think if the if the Niners win, it will be because of Jimmy Garoppolo in the future? Or kind of in spite of him? Um, last year, I think it was definitely in spite of him. Not that he played bad. He's just not – he's not in, He's not a top-10 quarterback in the NFL. He more fits into the 11 to 20 range. I would say probably more around 16 or 17 for me personally when I think of him. But he's also not that young either. He's almost 30. Like – it it would be hard for him to be the best quarterback of all time, greatest of all time. 
he'd have to win a lot of Super Bowls very fast in a very short period of time. Yeah, because he's not going to have enough years to compile stats like Drew Brees or Brett Favre yeah. or any other guys like that. Yeah, I mean, my biggest thing with Jimmy G is I feel like he didn't really make – he didn't need to do much, you know. They didn't ask him really to play that well in many of the games. He kind of just had to be mediocre for them to blow people out. But he did play well in a couple games, like against the Saints. He played really well. Um, trying to think of other games he played well. Well, he played well in pretty much every game where they stuck to the game plan. For some, like against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, it was real. It was really apparent that, like in the fourth quarter after the Chiefs scored, like Shanahan just threw out his playbook. He stopped doing like all the all the runs and jet sweeps and and motions and he just went straight like snap run around and throw and he did he did that he did that in the Patriots Super Bowl too when he was with the Falcons for some reason Shanahan just folds his playbook in the big spots and it hurts Garoppolo I think I mean you also have to remember that the San Francisco missed a wide open post route that Shanahan called in the Super Bowl to lose them the game if anything, I would say in the first Super Bowl, he was too complacent, while this Super Bowl may be too aggressive. But I I don't know if I'd say that. I think Garoppolo lost them the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But it was because Shanahan stopped. Like, if you watch the last 10 minutes of the Super Bowl this year, we'll actually watch the whole game because you could see the first three and a half quarters. They're doing – 49ers offense they're running the ball they're opening spreading the field having the receivers going to motion doing their thing a lot of play action in the last 10 minutes of the game it's just straight dropbacks no play action they're not moving the defense at all so I put I would put the blame for that game on Shanahan over Garoppolo because I don't think you should overhaul your offense with 10 minutes to go and it's the second time he's done it and a bit in a Super Bowl I don't know. My thing is, if you put 32 quarterbacks in a position to make that post throw, 29 of them would have made that throw accurately, and they would have won the game. Yeah, that's I, that's fair. I mean, he definitely should have made the throw, if I'm thinking of the one that you're thinking about. Yeah, I don't know. Kyle, do you have any thoughts on the matter? I, I agree with that. Um, he definitely shot the bed on that pass and that was the um, pinnacle play of the Super Bowl. Uh, then I saw Devontae Freeman. He kind of brought up he kind of brought up a big issue that you see in all sports now, especially in like baseball with the labor negotiation. Uh, he said he told teams to stop negotiating his contract through the media. And to just reach out to him directly, and I really, I really agree with what he said there. Like, it's too much, it's too much stuff thrown out into the media about what the two sides are saying, and it, it ends up with things not getting done because they teams think that he's asking for too much while they've never really even talked to his representatives. I think it's it's definitely a problem. Yeah, I agree. Do you guys, do you guys have any thoughts on that? 
I mean, it's a play, you know. You say you offered him this. It's like you used the so. It's like the Cowboys with the Dak contract. They're like, we offered him this amount of money. Will he sign it or not? You know, making fans turn on Dak more than the Cowboys for not paying him. Yeah. So do you th- do you think that's a problem, or you think it's fair game to do to do that? I don't know. I see it both ways. Like, I guess you could technically not report anything to the media, but in today's age, today's age, everything is reported through the media. You know? Yeah, you can't really keep anything secret. I think I think he could also be using it as like a way to get on the Bucks because the whole thing was he told Tampa Bay only has like four million dollars of cap space left. And the reports say that Freeman wants a lot more than that per year. So it it could just be him saying to the Bucks, like, if you reach out to me, we could we could work out a deal. But I thought he was calling out something that uh could be an issue going forward with negotiating through the media. Yeah, that makes sense. Also speaking of Dak Prescott, he donated like a million dollars to to reform, so I'm act- hopefully he gets his contract soon because we went over last week. He, it's not like he's got a boatload of money so far in his career, but he's putting he's donating it to good use. Uh, Kyle, our main top, are you good with your uh, spreadsheet now? Yeah. All right, cool. So our main topic this week was Kyle took the time to go through and. Uh, look at the schedules for, I guess, all 32 teams, right? Yeah, I'm I'm almost done with the AFC right now, and I guess we'll go through and do every team uh, together. But I have the South and the East and half of the North done already. All right, cool. So you want, you want to start going through uh, the AFC East? All right, the East... So starting with Buffalo, I have them with a ten and six record, beating the Jets, Miami, Tennessee, Kansas City, the Jets, New England, Arizona, Chargers, Denver, Miami. And then losing to the Rams, the Raiders, Seahawks, Niners, Steelers, uh, New England. So they split New England and then sweep both the Jets and the Dolphins. Yeah. That's I mean that's pretty much the Patriot way, right? Win go four and two in the division. Get to ten wins and then you're in the in the playoffs. I can see it happening. Uh the only spicy thing the two spicy ones I have, I guess, are them losing to the Rams and then beating the Chiefs. Do they play in uh, – where, where do they play those two games? Those are both away for Buffalo. I think if, if they were in Buffalo, I'd give them a chance to beat the Chiefs. But in good weather in Kansas City, I don't know if they, if they can keep up with Mahomes. What, I can I see them losing for the Rams. What do they play, Kyle? What was that? What time of year do they play? It's week – Six. Oh. So, early, mid-October-ish. Interesting. 
Well, that's, al- that's also been where the Chiefs have kind of the last two years they've had like a lull in the season in those middle weeks. So maybe it's an upset game that you could circle on your calendar. The Colts I mean, played. The lull this past year was because Patrick Mahomes got hurt. So would you call that a lull? I guess I don't know. It, unexpected valley, I guess. <laughs> but uh, the reason why I have it like that is obviously doing a prediction can't just be the cut and dry the whole entire time. There has to be some sort of projection. And I think the Chiefs do get upset at least once or twice this year. So they're not going to go 60 and 0. Yeah, that's fair. You definitely need to work in some upset games for the favorites. All right. Um, going to Miami, I have them beating Jacksonville, Chargers, Rams, Cardinals, Jets, Cincy, and Pats. And losing to New England, Buffalo, Seahawks, Niners, Denver, Jets, Kansas City, Raiders, Buffalo. So they end up six and ten. Oh, I, I isn't that seven and nine, or did I miss one of the losses? One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, my bad. Do you think that would would seven wins be a disappointment for the Dolphins with all their off season? Uh, Acquisitions and stuff. I, I think they'll be happy with Patrick is, If it's Patrick's their quarterback, right? Uh, there's a chance that Tua just beats him up, beats him out uh, to begin with. Well, would you put the like? I'd say it's like seventy thirty right now. Fitzpatrick Tua, just because of injury and Fitzpatrick's on his last year of his deal. Yeah, and it's mostly just projection right now with uh, Tua. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Fitzpatrick play the whole year this year. I wouldn't be yes. either. Yeah, I could see it too. They just want to redshirt Tua. Not a traditional offseason with like, I'm pretty sure rookie camps that got uh, affected and stuff. They were all online, so. They might just want to keep their investment safe and not throw him out there when he's not ready. And especially if Miami gets a job, like if they if Miami goes like starts losing a bunch, I think they'll put Tua in. But like if they're in the race for the division around like eight and eight, ten and six, they could keep Fitzpatrick the whole year because they're just trying to win. Yeah, definitely. And they're they're another team with a kind of piecemeal offensive line, so it's probably better to have Fitzpatrick back there anyway. I agree. Uh, Moving on, we have the uh, Patriots. I have them winning against Miami, Seahawks, Denver, Jets, Houston, Cardinals, uh, Chargers, Buffalo, and Jets, and losing to Raiders, Kansas City, Niners, Buffalo, Baltimore, Rams, Miami for nine and seven. Is that, in your projections, is that good enough for uh, six or seven seed? 
Uh, for the AFC, yes, probably. But I, I've only done three, uh, two and a half divisions already. So, how much would uh, are there any games where you would flip to the Patriots side if they had uh, signs like a Dalton, Newton, Flacco instead of going with Stidham? They'd probably beat the Raiders. Uh, they wouldn't uh, split with Miami, probably. But Miami, just some reason, has their number at home. So it's hard for me to not make that prediction. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. I think they beat them two of the last three years in Miami. Yeah. And in big spots, too. The Patriots' defense is also really young, too. So, like, everyone banks on they'll be just as good because they're just replacing Tom Brady with another quarterback. But their defense... I was, I think ESPN had an article on it. Their defense has like, I think it's like 50% turnover from last year, or like 55% turnover. Well, they did lose Van Noy and Jamie Collins. And those are two really and, big linebackers. And Harmon and Shelton. They pretty much all yeah, went they... to, the, to the Lions, but there's going to be a. Or Dolphins. Yeah, or Dolphins. There's going to be a lot of uh, new faces there. I'm interested it's to see a, uh, what you think the Jets are going to do now. Uh, you're not going to be happy. Probably not. Actually, before we go into that, today is Sam Darnold's 23rd birthday. He's only one day older than me. That's so crazy. He's had two years. He's had two years in the NFL, and he's only one day older than I am. How does that make you feel? It makes me feel pretty good. I feel like we've accomplished pretty similar feats in our in our lives. To this, uh, to this point. You might be more successful. Yeah. Slightly less mono. Same amount of playoff games. Exactly. So I have them winning against the Cardinals and Browns and losing two, and the list goes. Wait, two and 14? Well, yeah. Wow. I guess I there has to be losing one to, uh, Yeah. I've been losing to Buffalo, Niners, Indy, Denver, Chargers, Buffalo, Kansas City, New England, Miami, Miami, Raiders, Seahawks, Rams, New England. It's funny that you have the Browns as one of our wins because they've been a team over the past, like, four years that for some reason we can never beat. Like, we lost to them when they were on that insane losing streak. We were their first win. We lost to them last year. So that's not even, like, a given. Does Adam Gates make it the full year if if it's a 2-14 and year? Uh, once they lose to Miami the first time, I don't think he'll be there. Interesting. So, Kyle, does this mean if they go two and fourteen, does this mean Sam Darnold is out? I just don't trust their line and their receivers. It's just really hard to be consistent when you can't run the ball consistently and you can't throw to good receivers that will catch everything or catch most everything. But Adam Gates is a master schemer. He can fix everything. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I'm just surprised uh, you have Dave, you got the spreadsheet, right? Division. Yeah, I have it. Okay, I'm just making sure. Um, honestly, I'm high on the AFC East that isn't the Jets. Which Yeah, everyone was kind of in the, te- the 7 to 10 win range otherwise. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm very low on the Patriots. I, it's it's hard to bet against them. I'm after week four, I'll get a better sense of who they are. But we've we haven't seen them without Tom Brady in twenty years. So, I'm. But it's not just Tom Brady. It's the fact that they lost Tom Brady. Their offense was garbage with him. It's going to be garbage without him. They didn't add anyone offensively, and they lost half of their defensive starters. It's hard to bet against Belichick at this point, so when I see it, I'll believe it. It's true. That's fair. I'm just shocked you have us going 0-6 in the division, honestly. Like I said it before. like it's Usually, usually we steal one or two games. I guess everyone's kind of gotten a little bit Maybe uh, one of Miami and New England would flip. But I don't, I don't think they'll beat the Bills this year, personally. That's fair. Is, is that your worst? Is 2-14 and 14 your worst record? I'm only looking at the one tab right now. Uh, it is so far. Since he's really close to 3-13. and 13. Gotcha. Wow, that, yeah, that would be... That that would suck for me as a Jets fan, but you get a uh, Panay Sewell next year, probably, or Trevor Lawrence because we'll be two and fourteen. But if you guys are all in on Sam Darnold, why not get what people view as a generational tackle? Really slip. Well, we are really slip. The by thing that is, no nobody nobody that was here that drafted Darnold is in the organization anymore. So, and we won seven games. We were seven and six with him as the starter last year. So, if he goes back, plays the whole season, and only wins two games, there's no shot that the organization looks at him as the guy. Maybe they'll de- they definitely wouldn't pick up his fifth year option. So maybe they give him one more year, and then just dump him. Maybe. But with Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, there'd be hard to say no. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, big big year for twenty three year old Sam Darnold. Hopefully, he does big things. Uh, what's your next division you want to talk about? Uh, I've AFC North. So the only ones I've done so far: are Baltimore and Cincy. I have Baltimore going twelve and four, only losing to Kansas City, Philly, Steelers, and Dallas. You have them losing to the Eagles, Kyle. I have to project an upset. And they're they're not gonna go fourteen and two. They did it last year, but after a year of film, I feel like people are gonna somehow or like somewhat get their number a little bit. I understand that. And that's the kind of game like we all watch Eagles games pretty closely because they're always on prime time. Like the that's the kind that's the kind of game that the Eagles would win, and then they drop something to, like the Bengals or something like that. Yeah, and then, uh, not really any upset wins. I mean, they have a pretty easy schedule. They play AFC North and East, and they play a first, uh, first place schedule. So they really only play New England. Uh, Buffalo. and Buffalo. Or they play Buffalo? No, I think. No, they play New England because it's 
they play the, all the first place teams. Yeah, but they play the AFC East, don't they? Or no, that was last year. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, the AFC East plays uh, the West this year. Uh, yeah, and then... So that... Oh, go ahead, Dave. No, on you. Uh, for Sensi, I have them beating Cleveland, Redskins, and Giants for a 3-13 and record. Looking at their schedule, it's kind of hard. Like, they play... They play Baltimore twice. They play Dallas, uh, Pittsburgh twice, and the Eagles. So I, that's that's just going to be a hard, hard year for them. Yeah, I don't think there's also not much of an expectation for them. It's problem. It's another year. I think the key thing is getting Joe Burrow through the whole season and seeing some progression. Yeah, I think it's going to be focusing on Burrow's progression and also developing some of their offensive line that they've drafted over the last three years. Um, so this is where I stopped uh, making projections because we started recording. So... Uh, Dave, have you looked at Cleveland at all? Actually, there's a couple that have been already picked for Cleveland. Yeah, I'm looking at their schedule. I think they're definitely going to – they'll start off the season 2-2 two and two with wins against Cincy and Washington. Then they kind of go into – then they have the Colts, which I, I think at home they might be able to beat the Colts, so I'll give it to them there. And then Pittsburgh, so three and three. Uh, another win against Cincinnati, a loss against uh, the Rams. So they go into their bye week four and four. And then the schedule gets, I'd say, lighter. I think they end with eight and eight with wins in the second half over Jacksonville, both New York teams, and uh, they'll split with Pittsburgh. Yeah, I can see that. I'm wondering if that's – they're such a dysfunctional organization. I'm wondering if, like, is Aiden – I guess if they have no locker room drama and stuff like that and Baker doesn't turn the ball over as much as last year, that might be good enough. Mm-hmm. But I don't, know the, I don't know where to peg the Browns as far as, like, expectation-wise. A lot of people have them as, like, their – their uh, upset team to like come in and wreck the league again this year, but I, I just don't see it. Yeah, I get that. Um, Kurt, what do you think? Um, last year we saw regression by Baker, and I think the Browns are as good as Baker Mayfield plays. If he plays like a number one overall pick and he makes a jump. I think they could be sneaking into a wild card spot. But if he plays like he did last year, they're going to be 7-9, and 8-8. Eight and eight. Yeah, I could see that. I think the most interesting team in this division is the Steelers, though. Because last year they were right on the – they were right there with 
subpar quarterback play. This year they should have – well, first of all, they'll have James Conner healthy for the whole year, and the same with Juju. <coughs> but they'll also have their quarterback, Big Ben, back for maybe one of his last two chances to win another ring. And they start the season with a pretty easy go. I think they can go 5-2 and two going into the Week 8 bye. I don't know what you have, Kyle. Um, I haven't really gone into it yet. Uh, week eight by. I've been losing to. Well, look. I would probably have them. I think they lose to Tennessee and Baltimore. I think they lose to Baltimore. Then they'll lose to Dallas coming out of the bye. Buffalo I... or Baltimore again. Yeah, probably give them that, and then. Oh, I I have them beating lose. Baltimore. Or Baltimore beating them. Or them beating Baltimore, yeah. And then the only other games in the back half of their schedule I think that they'll lose in a perfect situation could be Buffalo because it's in Buffalo in December. True. But also the Steelers are a tough, gritty team, so the weather and stuff might not affect them. And then Indianapolis, depending on how the Colts look that way into the season if they're not ravaged by injuries again. Yeah. So I say I say I say uh, ten or eleven wins for the Steelers this year, but that's not enough to beat Baltimore based on your projection. Right. Yeah. Um, I can go over one more team, then I gotta go. All right. Gotcha. So we can go to we the. Can, West. We can always continue. What was that, dude? Okay. Kansas City always- Chiefs. Wow, that's an up. That's a sleeper pick right there. We could always we could always pick up next time. We'll go we'll go through and do our own spreadsheets. This doesn't have to be a one week thing. It's it's a lot to talk about. True. So the West, obviously, the Chiefs are going to be the favorites. Who are the teams that you had? A couple teams that you said were going to beat them, right? You said two. Uh, Chiefs. I had. Let me see, let me see. It's the East that plays the Chiefs, right? Yeah. I had Buffalo beating them. And that looks like it. So you you think they'll beat New Orleans and uh, who else is here? They play Tampa Bay. Or no, they don't. Do they? Yeah, they play at Tampa Bay, at New Orleans. In my honestly, that I could see some. I could see like a thirteen and three, twelve and four. Especially if the Panthers are like an improved team. Yeah, it's it's hard to be too projecting with them because there's. The favoritism for Mahomes and that offense, but teams are going to lose games. Like it, it's going to happen. Especially teams with as bad a defense as the Chiefs have. Yeah. And they might. Do you think there's going to be a Super Bowl hangover? Um, I think everyone's going to be down in general just because of coronavirus. 
week three they played. I think it was actually the same week last year they played Baltimore. Week three, uh, it's in Baltimore. Do you give? Do you get? I guess you gave Kansas City the edge over the Ravens in that game. I did. Kurt, what do you think? Because I think you picked Baltimore in the week three game this year. I'll stick with Baltimore. I mean, it's going to be an offensive battle. It's probably going to be like in the 30s each team. I don't know. All right, guys, I'm walking out to my car. Okay, Kyle. Gotcha. So we'll finish. We'll finish up uh, the rest of the AFC next week, and then maybe after that we'll continue with NFC. Enjoy your golf uh, outing. Oh well. I'll see you guys later. See ya. Goodbye. So, Kurt, do you have any other topics you want to bring up? Nothing really. It's kind of dead time in sports. Yeah, definitely. It's whatever. We're just waiting for the preseason to start. Yeah, they still is it still a still four games for the preseason or did they cut it down to two already? I don't know. Do you think I always thought four games was too much cuz like the if anything the often the actual like players only play for like maybe half of game two and for three quarters of game three. So why not just have one or two games and then you could have like inner squad stuff. <coughs> like teams do that anyway. I mean, I agree with that. It's just, I don't know. They, um, okay. I, I get that. I feel like, what you don't see is like these people. A lot of those people are competing for jobs in the NFL on those days, and I feel like it matters more to. I think it matters more to the players and the coaches than it does to the fans at that point. Well, I th- see. I think that if you cut the games down, the play the actual first teamers are just not going to play in any of the games. Yeah. And you're going and you're going to see the the backup fringe roster spot guys just play like every snap. I think the only reason that they have four instead of like two, which is what the players association would want is cuz they could still tell t- sell tickets to preseason games and you still get they're still put on TV. So you get that it's probably written into a contract somewhere. But I think from like a from like an actual like getting ready for the game, I don't think they're really necessary anymore. That's fair. I mean, I don't. I definitely believe we should cut down on the amount of preseason games. I agree with you, Dave. I was just trying to play devil's advocate. That's fair. And yeah, especially if it means like getting an extra week or two of the regular season or an extra week of. Of playoff games, I would definitely cut it in favor of that because the games actually matter. Though I do like how the NFL, like the seven ga- the seven teams is nice each fourteen. I like their six. I like how it's like less than half. Yeah, 
Like, I, yeah, I think you run into a problem when you're like the NBA and you have like 60% of your league in the playoffs. Yeah, well, it's like an NBA. You just know like no team lower than like the five or six seed is ever going to – like the seven or eight seed is never going to make a run. None today's NBA. Yeah, I think the last team I could remember beating like the last seven or eight seed beating a one or a two was like the Mavs or something like that back like 10 years ago and usually they're four game sweeps so I mean I also think the NBA should be redistricted their conferences I think yeah I think that I think that's what they're doing this year they're just getting rid of conferences altogether or something like that and just having six the top 16 I don't really know much about it so yeah it makes sense though like you have te- you have teams in the East that are getting in with winning rec. I mean, with losing records, and then you have fifty win teams out West missing the playoffs as the ninth seed. I like I, saw, I like uh, the the idea of the only one team getting a bye in the playoffs because it puts that much more of an emphasis on the regular season because the bye yeah. is that important. Yeah, like you can't settle for being number two. And not having to worry about going on the road until the championship game, you, you get a bye. You don't. You get a bye week, which means you avoid all the hot wild card teams that had to win three out of four to just make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And you have home field the entire uh, league playoffs, which is the key, I think. I don't know, but I wouldn't. Again, I wouldn't want to extend it to any more teams than the seven, mm-hmm. because then it becomes too much like rinky-dink stuff. But NFL is also different because any team can beat any team any given week, I feel like. Yeah, it's more like the NCAA tournament where it's one and done. You don't get a a seven-game series Mm -hmm. to determine which team moves on. The key is consistency. If you're Bill Belichick and you make it every year, you're bound to win the Super Bowl a third of the time. Yeah, especially... You know? Yeah, well, that's that's literally been the key to their dynasty. Wasn't last year the first the first year in like I think it was, wasn't it the first year with Tom Brady being the quarterback this decade that they that they didn't have the first round bye, and it was the first year that they lost before the championship game. I think so. I think you're correct, but I'm not a hundred percent positive because all their other exits were against the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Uh, the Giants in the Super Bowl, the Broncos a couple times in championship games. The Colts once or twice, right? I don't know if that that was definitely in the early 2000s, but I don't think they beat the Colts with luck, but I don't think the Colts ever beat them in the last, like, 10, 15 years in a championship game. They lost to the – or was Baltimore in the divisional round? They that lost might... to Baltimore in the divisional round, and Baltimore yeah. then went to beat Denver on that crazy touchdown by Joe Flacco. Yeah, Jaco- Jacoby Jones. That's still the that's still in my memory as the best game I watched. I think minus the Super Bowl because Super Bowls that are close are always the best game of the year. I saw an article. It was. Uh, the five best players that Joe Thomas has played with in his career. 
He really played with some bad players, dude. Like uh, Phil Dawson, the kicker, was the fifth one. Josh Cribbs, who was like pretty much just a special teamer, even though he was he was really good at running kicks back. But like to be a top five player, a ten year vet played with. The other ones were like decent. It was like Miles Garrett, who I think he only played with one year, but he's up there for sure. Alex Mack, the center from the Falcons, who who's uh one of the best centers in the league, and then I forgot what the other I think it was Schwartz, the guard from uh that went to Kansas City. I think he was the other one. Well, I mean nope. if you really think about it, who have the Browns had? Their only good positions they they've really had in the past ten years were corners, right? Yeah, like I would have put I feel like I would have put Joe Hayden on the list before like Phil Dawson. Yeah, but when you're you're a lineman, you don't really respect secondary or wide receivers the same way, you know. No, but I don't think it was him making the list. I think it was someone else. Oh. Oh. And then he also played with Josh Gordon, who obviously hasn't been on the field for very long, but he's better than Josh Cribbs as like a overall player. Obviously, no quarterbacks are making that list from the Bronx, from the Browns. But Johnny Manziel, baby, give him a chance. I got. What do you think he's doing? Because didn't he get? He got denied from joining the XFL, right? Or he didn't want to play. He was in the Canadian Football League. Yeah, and he got demolished in, the, in his first game, right? Yeah, I'm interested what his net worth is. I think he has. I I saw him on uh, Twitter a couple months back, and I think he has like a brand. I forgot what. It, I think the Johnny Football brand still sells pretty well. I think he like sells shirts and stuff like that. So he's probably doing pretty well. He's all. I it, I think his family also wasn't. Yeah, I, I just think, I looked it up on Google just now. It says his net worth is around six million, and his parents' net worth is around fifty million. Oh yeah, so he didn't have to worry about anything. Kind of like uh, Josh Rosen, like he could he could just go home and live off his doctor doctor dad's money. That was a while. Like when did? When did A&M beat Alabama? That was like 2012, where Johnny Menzel really made his name. What? Sorry, what did you say? Repeat that. It's crazy how long ago Johnny Menzel was like a thing. Yeah, well, he beat that Bama team, that crazy good Bama team. Yeah, that was one of my only like really good bets I made in high school. Because I bet pretty much my entire friend group that uh, Texas A&M would beat Alabama. I ended up making like 200 bucks. I lost it it in future bets, but that one was my uh, claim to fame. I would have never bet against Bama that year. Well, the thing, I I remember watching A&M games on TV earlier that, that year. And like, he didn't put up big numbers because it was only like the first couple weeks of the season but just the way he just the way he kept on like moving the ball late in the game 
I was like, okay, this this quarterback has something like he could win. So I I just I just went with it. Had to be a contrarian. That's fair. Yeah. Oh. Okay, Dave. I got to sign out and get back to work because I wasn't able to be in the office that much this week. Gotcha. No problem. See you guys next time. I'll see you. Stay safe.